Hello and welcome to The Sound Architect. I'm joined by the lovely Rebecca Parnell from Magic Brew. Thanks for joining us today, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Brilliant. Well, it's great to have you. Now, before we discuss Transformers Earth Wars, which is awesome as it is that you worked on that, tell us more about yourself and how you got into sound design. Um, well, I've been working in sound design and um, mostly in game for, um, for I think, about 17 years now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really gone by quickly. Um, my interest in sound came from a, a passion in music. And I went to college to study music technology with the view to becoming a sound engineer, um, which was my ambition. And it was just through connections through the family that in the summer break when I was looking for work experience I was put in contact with uh, Richard Joseph who had his um, sound production company for games um, based at Pinewood Studios. Oh nice. And um, I had um, some work experience with him um, during the summer break and when I finished my course he took me on as a junior um, to do you know to, to work with him and we worked nice. on a number of different games um i did a lot of dialogue editing um we worked for sensible software titles um and a lot of you know a dialogue editing for uh you know for for titles of that time like Tokyo touring cars and so i really just learned on the job really um yeah he sort of passed on his knowledge to me yeah, yeah. nice one so what was the kind of first game that you cut your teeth on then um for sound design, I think the first game was actually never released. It was a uh, sensible software, sex and drugs and rock and roll. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and it was so much fun. It was just so much fun. Um, that I think, you know, it was that game that made me go, wow, this is what video games were about. This is amazing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. So tell us more about Magic Brew and how that kind of came to be. Um, Magic Brew's been running for ooh, seven years, maybe coming up eight. I'm losing track. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so I'd worked um, after after working for a few years um, uh, for Richard Joseph. Um, I decided to go um, in house and get some experience in house. So nice. I worked with a company that's no more up in Scotland for entertainment. Um, and worked at Criterion. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, yeah, and and also worked for a indie company, Outer Light, as well on a on a product. After that, so over that period, um, I started transitioning more into freelancing. Um, and after um, a few years of freelancing, then I set up magic brew which is still pretty much myself yeah. but it expands and contracts depending on what projects are on at the time so you know i work with other you know i work with other freelancers um you know people that work you know that specialize in different areas within games or you know have worked in games or sometimes working with people that say work in films um you know that have a speciality and say you know fairly editing okay cool Nice. So, I mean, do you just work on games as Magic Brew then? Most of the time, yes. I've done um, a bit of film work and I'm just I'm just sort of in the process of finishing up um, a my first feature, actually. Oh, wow. Nice. That's really, <laughs> yeah. really cool. Which is, uh, yeah, it's, re it's really exciting. It's really cool. It's been a really interesting learning experience, actually. Um, there's just some techniques um, that can be explored or just easier to explore, you know, um, with a linear timeline as such but there there's so many crossovers but so very different yeah i mean 
how is it going that way around? Because a lot of people come from film to games and then, you know, kind of have to adapt that way. But how did you find it going from games and then working on something linear? Um, well, I think I think just just the sheer enjoyment of the exploration and going, oh, my God, we can try this or we can try that or having a great relationship with the director who did a lot of sound design himself, actually. Um, so he's oh, really cool. tuned into the sound. So learning from him as well about certain techniques um, that he's kind of, you know, worked on in the past. I think, you know, just exploring, say, um, exploring the subtleties in a way that is quite difficult to do within games so it was using the same skills but learning a lot of new skills and um yeah and yeah just figuring it out as I went along really yeah. <laughs> that's what we're all doing right we're just winging it you know <laughs> I think so I think so I, I, you know it's you know it's for, and I think like you know with the inspiration for Magic Brew was just you know just that kind of you know, I think like in the creative process, you you logically put things together, and every now and again in the creative process, you go, "Oh, I'll just try this and see how that works," and yeah. then boom, something amazing happens that you didn't quite you know predict, and that's like a little magic spark that happens in the creative process. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little happy accidents that you even hear about in the industry that you're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And they go, oh, yeah, that was kind of an accident that I just kind of tried this and it, it worked really well. <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. It's like, you know, the mic dropping off the stand and swinging between the amp, like, you know, the <laughs> yeah. story of the lightsaber. I mean, oh, my God, <laughs> what amazing happy accident is that, right? <laughs> I know, yeah, it's like one of the yeah. coolest sounds in history and it's a mm -hmm. happy little accident. Mm-hmm. So what would you say has been the most challenging moment in your career so far? Bit of a big question there. Um, yeah, that is, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, <just to laughs> suddenly switch. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I th you know, like each project brings its own challenges as such. But I think, I think if there's a will, there's a way to figure it out. And there's a great community of, you know, audio professionals that are willing to help and share experiences to you know help figure out any problems or difficulties oh gosh i'm really sorry. i'm quite sorry i don't know actually. <laughs> I don't it know. can be a tough one sometimes yeah i guess you know well i mean especially when you've been doing it yeah. for 17 years you know like there's a lot of stuff there <laughs> yeah you know it's it's always those bugs that come up you know when yeah. you're crunching and trying to get the game out and you're just like what what the hell's going on here? I don't understand, you know. And yeah, just throwing really up errors. Like. <laughs> yeah, you have to like take it all the way back and just methodically kind of, you know, pick your way through it and, you know, until you find until you find what the problem is. Yeah, all those useful error messages that don't tell you anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had one on my phone recently, actually, and I took right. a screenshot because it was so bizarre. It literally said, something somewhere just went wrong. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Thanks. Right. <laughs> it's nice to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, phone. Mm -hmm. um, so on the flip side then, what would you say is your proudest moment so far? Gosh. If you have one or many. Um, um, very early into my career, we won a BAFTA for Theme Park World. Which oh, was fantastic. really, yeah. really awesome. I mean, that was... I mean, that was just such an excellent... It was such a fun project to work on. And such a kind of explorative kind of um, approach to dealing with the sound as well. 
um, and really kind of just, you know, really kind of like treating sounds as textures and really kind of going beyond, you know, just a literal approach to the sound design, which is a huge amount of fun. And it was, you know, a really creative time for us and, you know, exploring kind of sourcing things in different ways. So that that was really exciting and that was, you know, that was fantastic. Yeah, it know. sounds like a really fun project, to be honest. Yeah, it was, you know, we, we did all kinds of things, really. I mean, you know, I was kind of like, like just resourcing ideas as such and going, right, okay, this ride, here's a palette, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah nice <laughs> Like, one. here's what we can kind of do, like, just, you know, just really kind of, you know, sort of pulling out all different things. And then, like, Richard Joseph would, like, go, right, okay, we'll see how that works with that and, you know, figuring it out from there, really. So, yeah, you know, just like... I don't remember one ride and like, you know, the haunted house kind of theme, you know, oh, when you yes. like use like a dentist drill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was brilliant, you know. And um oh, so this is why I love sound design. So much oh, just random stuff can happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And like going to local primary school and recording the kids screaming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Building up it's like because we needed the flexibility of the size of the rides and everything and to top it up and rhymes and wise it so so yeah that was that was really really good fun um and um yeah I, I think you know every every project if you're lucky to be given the the time and the resource to get it to where you want it to be it can be hugely satisfying oh yeah if you've got the time frame and the you know the kind of room to explore then that can mm. make it make make all the difference yeah absolutely and you know when you it's really good fun so like working with the transformers game recently because there's such a huge fan base. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't often hear like the sound being mentioned in reviews, you know. Generally good sound makes things look better or makes things more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, the old cliche, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean like just like over a few like, you know, um reviews that I've seen, you know, people like people like just quoting, you know, <laughs> lines from the game. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really cool because it's like, wow, this really, really kind of adds to the experience, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about Transformers next, actually, uh, light years away from theme park world, but uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really really good. I, I've had a play with it as well because I have to admit, I'm I'm guilty. I'm a big Transformers fan myself. And, um... oh, you should be guilty. <laughs> it's a bit guilty pleasure, but that's yeah. we're geeks. We're allowed to. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I love that it's the classic Transformers, and you know, the sounds are very classic, and and everything in it just has that kind of G one animation feel to it, mm -hmm. and it's just brilliant. So, how did you first get involved in the project? Well, um, I have worked with Space Eight pretty much since its air studio opened so i've oh, worked wow. with their first title samurai siege and then the second title rabbit kingdoms and then on the third title so um there's already like a established you know relationship yeah. with them of being a kind of go-to person when i need sound sound effects and you know um and sound design so awesome so i mean they're really good um in the sense of they they do not treat sound as an afterthought. All right, good. And they do like to talk about the sound. I mean, you know, when they're prototyping and setting things up, you know, there's, you know, it was like a, a level of, 
using placeholders. Yeah. But, you know, they do like to look at the music and they worked with Richard Jakes again. So oh, he cool, wrote the yes. music for Samurai Siege. He wrote the music for Rival Kingdoms. And then he, he's from, uh, written the music for Transformers. Awesome, yeah. So, so, yeah, they really like to kind of get the music style kind of locked in fairly early on. So it was great, actually. There was like an initial push of like, right, first kind of layer coverage, you know, of the sound. But they take the sound seriously. They take every aspect of the game seriously. Brilliant. At no point is there ever, it's just a mobile game or anything. They want to give the best product that they can. Yeah, so, you know, so I was pretty much working on a project on and off for a year. So there's like lots of scope for polish. Yeah, lots of scope for iteration, for polish, for balancing. There's new content that we're discussing that we'd like to put in. Oh, very cool. Updates, so it's a, a continuing process. And they take, you know, they take the sound seriously and they know that the voices of Optimus Prime and Megatron and Soundwave are really iconic, you know. And, yeah, so recorded the original actors to give it that authenticity. Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, mm. obviously I said I'm a fan, but as a voice actor myself, Peter Cullen is, and well, Frank Welker is a legend. Yeah. And Peter Cullen is one of my heroes as well. And to, yeah. to see them both back in it and everything, like that must yeah. have been amazing. I mean, how yeah. did you um, work with those guys? Did they just record remotely and send you the dialogue over or...? Yeah, so they're based, um, I think in, yeah, they're based in the States, I think maybe in LA. So when it came to the voice recording, um, that was Hasbro that um, organised it and ran the session. But what I was able to do was say, right, looking over the script, because they had Simon Furman, who's, um, who wrote the, you know, the story of the game. He used to write the original, um, well, one of the original writers on the comic series. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, so... So when it came to, you know, writing the lines as such, it was really already in safe hands. So what I did was just talk with the producer and say, right, we need to make sure that, you know, the context works. So the decision was made to record the voiceover quite early on. So we had to make sure that, you know, that these lines could work in multiple different situations. So um, just making sure that we covered the different layers of context you know, different emotive states, different inflections. So was that all completely covered in the beginning then? Or did were you did you um, have the opportunity to kind of send them stuff and go, like, hey, guys, is there any chance we can get some extra lines? Or was that it? Did Hasbro just have it all and then you had to just go from the beginning? Um, so the voiceover was recorded last year. And so the script was being written and, you know, iconic phrases were picked out, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, so we, we had that, you know, the recordings from the session, um, because this is a third, um, defense building tower defense type game that, you know, there was already a very good understanding of roughly how the gameplay was going to pan out. Yeah. Um, but with that said, as we're still working and improving, then, you know, I think kind of like some of the things that we haven't had time to do so far um doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to happen um and there's a you know a few things in the pipeline we're quite excited about mm. well, that's one of the coolest things about working on a, a mobile title like this right you can still keep updating it so it's not it's released but it's not done you know? yeah so yeah absolutely and it gives an opportunity as well to respond to um 
to player feedback and fan feedback. Yeah. So there's a real kind of sense of community with mobile games that you, that that's really quite special, actually. And even with the the process of making Transformers, Space Eight really kind of tapped into this the passion of the the fans and the community and getting reviews and playback and player research and feedback and you know um, on the products. So oh, yeah, excellent. That's very good. So what are the kind of limits to working on a mobile game because everyone goes on and on about how the AAA games have got so much more memory and so much more this now so they can do so much more but mobiles obviously still have uh, their own limitation plus it's got to work on such a variety of mm. consoles if you will um, mm -hmm. with so many different phones out there um, how does that work from from your side of things how do you package everything there was actually more memory available <laughs> um, than may be necessarily perceived. Um, I don't really take the approach necessarily with my clients. You know, I can ask for like a rough idea of like what their memory budget is. Yeah. I found nowadays that my clients prefer not to tie themselves down to a memory budget as okay. such, but to work more homogeneously with the whole team to see how we can bring down the assets. So we don't cut ourselves off for any potential of cool, cool things that we can do. Yeah. So obviously that doesn't mean that I just go and go wading in with like 24 bits yeah. out <laughs> you know and just chucking in like hundreds of variations you take a very balanced approach and really kind of focus on what are the big wins you know where that balance can be you know what's important at any point in the game and what keeps that vibe as well so it, yeah it is a balancing act i mean you know the compression tools that we have now as well fantastic you know and um we used fabric and we even got a bit of side chaining going on as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you but know, not as limited as some people may perceive them with with yeah, mobile titles. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, it's really about how can we manage the sounds and how we can get things across as clearly as we can. I mean, especially in those types of games, the battles can be so intense. Yeah. You know, so intense. It's a real, yeah, it's real, it's a real beast to manage, and you know. It's, it's a balancing act about how much, you know, how we can rein in the soundtrack when it gets busy. How can we utilize the tools at hand without without overloading the CPU? Yeah. Things like that. But there's a lot more flexibility um, available. Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and also as well, um, you know, games on mobiles are really coming on. There's the quality for... Each year of the games that are coming out, it's quite exciting of where it's going and what the capabilities are. Yeah, I'm amazed by a lot of them that are coming out. The quality of mobile games is getting ridiculously mm. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to the point where, you know, it's not going to be that much further in the future where you can just sync up to a bigger screen and carry on playing at home if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're far off that now, surely. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the way in which um, Space Hope have worked is, you know, get everything at really great quality and then optimise down for the different platforms. Yeah. So it's a very measured um, approach to it. No, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of the sounds, like I said before, they're, they're very iconic for Transformers and, you know, you've really got some good sound design in there that reflects <laughs> the, the kind of old Transformers feel. How did you take an approach to that when creating them? First of all, I just spent some time kind of re-familiarising myself with the old G1. Did you watch a lot of Transformers? And, <laughs> and the kind of the creative brief that I was given was, it's G1, 
but it's not to sound like how it is because actually when you go back and listen to it it's not as cool as you remember it to be yeah yeah it's it's all very basic isn't it like (laughs) yeah so it's like make the sound how you remember it to be yeah yeah with the rose tinted kind of ears mm, (laughs) if you will yeah absolutely yeah so you know so it, it was kind of like right okay where are the points of reference making sure that certain iconic things weren't missed that would seem strange yeah. to the fan base but yeah just quite open to interpretation as well really yeah yeah i mean one of the, the obviously most iconic sounds is the the transforming sound you know mm-hmm. so did you create that again or did you use some of the old ones or how did... yeah i yeah that was one of the first things i did on the project actually because because there was a question over who actually owns the copyright for the original transforming sound. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, it's quite a grey area. What were you think when Transformers was started? I don't think anyone expected it to be where it is today. Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. So no one cared back then. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was different. So, so it was like, we're just going to be on the safe side can you recreate the transforming sounds as close as what it can be? <laughs> and also, you know, where, where, who has the original transforming sound? And if you take it, uh, the quality as well, the quality had to match the the rest of the quality of the game now because obviously things have moved on so much. Um, yeah, so that was pretty mad, actually. Yeah, you know, at first I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No problem. Got out my sense, and it's like, you know, almost but not, almost but not. Um, and um, so, um, so yeah, I just did some research online, and yeah. um, there's actually quite a few <laughs> like video tutorials. Oh, really? Of, That's amazing. Yeah, of how people have figured out how to make the original transforming sound. So, uh, you know, I went through these and, you know, followed the steps and then just added my own kind of additional touches to it um, and processes to really make it a nice solid sound and, you know, to to be full. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's still really cool. Like, you know, so many years on from the original series, you sat there trying to make the original transforming sound. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Amazing, isn't it? (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so what was what was your highlight of Transformers Earth Wars? What would you say was your favourite kind of moment? I really enjoyed working on the space bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we when we prototyped it, the timings are a, a, a longer than what they were now, but that was just really that was just really great fun. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you create the sound for that? And um, that was a mixture of like just getting out soft synths and you know looking at a little bit of library stuff as well to layering up you know with the the electric kind of elements to it and you know with the space bridge you have different kind of levels of rarity or ability for the transformers right, so okay. you have you know you have like three different sort of levels and whether it is that you actually get a transformer whether it's a a very special transformer or a transformer that you don't have so finding ways um to make the first level like yeah that's cool and then the second level like oh my god what's going on here that's yeah. cool third <laughs> level which is like oh my bloody god this is amazing <laughs> so but, so yeah that was just, that was just really yeah because you know we just kind of you know tried out different ideas to to video first before putting anything within the game so yeah that was that was really good fun um also as well you know i processed you know and did all the dialogue editing so that must have been so fun 
Yeah, so that was really good fun as well because, again, it was like going back to the original cartoons and listening to the film as well and listening to what they did. Mm. And it's quite interesting to study it because, you know, the Decepticons are more processed of voices. Yeah. It's really getting that balance where there's it's not as robotic as what you remember it to be. No, no. And uh, Peter Cullen's voice as well is, is quite mm. a bit higher in the in the old cartoons compared mm. to the films, isn't it? You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so when it came to like doing the trailers um, for you know for the game, um, well, we had um, a mixer that we brought on who just mixes trailers, TV ads. It was like right, okay, <laughs> getting the right person for the job, and he really enjoyed like adding the bass, you know, to to Peter Cullen's mega. Um, Optimus Prime voice, like with the films, it's like really rich and heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like crazy low in the films, isn't it? It's really got that kind of depth to it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, that was really good fun as well, you know, just figuring out what we could do to kind of give it that kind of sense, but not overloading with too yeah. much effect. Yeah. And what kind of effects were you using? Things like choruses and stuff like that to. <clears throat> what was I using? Gosh, um, what did I use? Um, I think there was um, Doubler. Yeah. Gosh, you know, like it was last year. Yeah, so, so long ago. You just kind of flowed through so many other projects probably. Yeah, it was... Um, oh, uh, yeah, I just kind of like was playing about with different Waves ones. I don't know whether or not I actually used Waves Enigma... Um, there's the other one as well, which you know you can use as a uh, vocoder. I actually did get a vocoder plugin as well. So initially, yeah, sort of to to work with um, Soundwaves voice. Oh, Soundwaves is amazing. I'd be really curious how you did that actually. Yeah, yeah, but that was working again. It's just you know playing with different things, but um, yeah, I did a lot of research into different vocoders and to find one that had that kind of just that right sound and depth and retro feel to it. Nice. Yeah. No, it's really cool. So you've told us about this uh, this feature film that you can't tell us too much about yet, but can you tell us anything about what else you're working on? What else am I working on? Um, I have been, um, well, I've been working on um, Natural Motion Storm of Titans, um, which I think might be coming out soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so no, that's been going on. That's been going on. Gosh, I've been working on that for two years now. Oh, wow, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super polished. So lots of lots of really cool, fun stuff going on with that game. I've been working on a, um, I've been working on um, like a a Steam um, PC game, which might be on console too. Um, but that's an old kind of Japanese style shooter, you know, the sort with the incredible, beautiful kind of patterns of bullets. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's sort of going on at the moment, too, which is really, really nice. It's beautiful. It's really nice and bloody difficult as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just that's quite that's really different to um, to other things that I've been working on, which is really cool. Yeah, it must be so nice to have such a broad spectrum going on. Mm-hmm. And also um, sort of in talks um, uh, with um, an indie developer over a um, hand-drawn um, title, um, which would be really cool as well. So that that's going to be something kind of um, more creatively out there as well, uh, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, we're trying out different ideas. Mm. 
Awesome. So I've got a fun question to finish off now. So it might be a tough one again. If you could have a drink with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be? Alive or dead? I don't know. Because it's, it's kind of like saying he's my hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could do a top three if you uh, if you need. Well, I guess right now, if I was if I was to have a drink with one person or top three, it would actually just be really fun to chat to Peter Cullen, you know, and Frank Welker about you know back the old days. Oh the yeah. You know, and the other cartoons that they worked on as well. There oh was, yeah, tons. Yeah, you know, just so much that was coming out at that time, like really iconic cartoons from from my childhood. So. That would be a really fun conversation, actually. Yeah, yeah. that would be really yeah, cool. I would enjoy that very much. Oh, well, if that happens, you have to invite me because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll hide a recorder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Rebecca. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you and uh, we hope to speak to you again sometime. Oh, thanks for your time. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Sound Architect podcast. We really appreciate that. And we just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Dehumanizer 2 by the guys at Krotos. Fantastic piece of software. And we hope that you join us again soon.